This episode is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. When your personal care routine needs a refresh, Dr. Squatch is here to help. They have high-performing natural products with no harmful ingredients that'll have you looking and smelling your best. Like the Bay Rum Soap and Deodorant. It smells delightfully spicy. And right now, they have an amazing offer for new customers. Get 20% off your first purchase of any amount or a subscription order by going to drsquatch.com slash Spotify or use the code Spotify at checkout. Hello and welcome to episode 178 of What Most People Think. This is it. This is the this is the Mystic Jeff episode, or, or if you like to call it the the Gooch episode. I don't know if you've heard the festive special yet with Romish Ranganathan, but he very aptly described this bit between Christmas and New Year as the Gooch. And if you don't know what the Gooch is in sort of uh, physical terms or in terms of anatomy, it's the bit between your front bits and your back bits. <laughs> You know, the bit the bit in between, a bit of a no man's land, really. Or, you know, some people think it's a great place of great fun. <laughs> this is the Mystic Jeff episode, the now annual Mystic Jeff episode, where I predict things for the years ahead, the year ahead, rather, and, um, and pick up the pieces of my predictions for 2022. Spoiler alert. I was absolute dog shit in my, in my predictions for 2022. And I think in fairness to me, when you look at the year Three prime ministers in a war in Europe. I think I think that there are certain mitigating factors here, but we, I got one or two things right as well. So we'll be picking up on that before we look ahead to what I think is going to happen uh, to twenty twenty three. And in terms of myself over Christmas, I had um, I had a good I had a good Christmas. I had a very good Christmas. In fact, got great presents. You know, a man of my age, uh, that doesn't really happen uh, these days. But I got new decks. And um, if you're a very blokey bloke, you might be thinking, what decking, decking decks, decks for the outside. What new decks? What uh, deck are you going to build? Something? Like, no, no decks is in uh, things to play music on. That's right. Other people are going quietly into the night, and I'm a- I'm actually stepping up my DJing game for 2023. I've got uh, effects pedals. I've got filters. <laughs> I've got auto loops because you know when when you're playing music to yourself in the front room on your own in the middle of the day when you should be writing something. Um, that is what you need. You really need to get that big dance hall sort of. Uh, you know, Ibiza, Pasha type atmosphere going. I mean, playing effects pedals to yourselves. Anyway, but I was, no, I was delighted with it. And um, I one f- concern that I always have over the festive period is that I've forgotten how to be funny. I mean, I don't know. You might think, well, for roughly five minutes into this, they go, yeah, you have, Jeff. But you do, because what happens is your only family becomes, you know, your only audience becomes uh, your family, right? So you kind of, you start... You start boiling it down to kind of, did they have a good gig over the Christmas dinner table? There's a couple of gags. I thought I really nailed that Christmas cracker joke. I thought that my delivery, uh, you know, brought a bit extra to it, but it's a bit of a, a, bit of a tough crowd. It, do, it doesn't matter. Everyone says Christmas dinner crowd, tough. Get them back at the cheese board. <laughs> um, I have got also, I mean, you know, we all, we all put on a few pounds over Christmas. I was already carrying pounds into Christmas. I mean, I put on a few pounds over fucking fireworks night. In fact, this year, I've just been putting on pounds. And um, the problem I've got is I've got a photo shoot in for early next year. And I've got to sort it out. I've got to sort out this weight um, before the photo shoot. Because these photos follow you around. You know, it's good two or three years sometimes. Everything you do, whether it be an interview or something in a newspaper or just a gig, 
there is your face staring back at you. So it's worth putting in the hours. But what I've previously done to um, to, to kind of lose weight, none of that shit works anymore. You know, you go, all right, I'll just do that. I want to down on chocolate. I mean, as I'm saying that, actually, I haven't even done any of those things. One of the things I used to do was not have a beer most nights, uh, not eat chocolate just before bed. And I haven't, I haven't not done those things. So this is completely logical why uh, I'm a bit on the fat side. Um, but yeah, but it does, nonetheless, your metabolism slows down the tricks that you used to pull out. It must be like with the ladies with the makeup, right? If you wake up a bit hungover, you go like a bit of Max Factor. Is that even the fashionable brand anymore? I don't know. Bit of Max Factor foundation, bit of rouge on the cheeks, good as new. And then you go, oh, all right, I'm going to have to have two layers. <laughs> it's like paint, isn't it? You go, well, I'm going to, fuck, I'm going to have to go for the second layer. I'm pleased to report that David Domain, our super patron, who rounds up a lot of the issues from the previous shows, is alive and well. He's been in touch and he has a, he has quite a few talking points, both from um, the Christmas episode with Romesh and also the recent Patreon only. Remember, if you're a patron, you get an exclusive Patreon only once a month or more. Um, so we spoke about whether or not Finland was within the Arctic Circle and one third of Finland's landmass lies within the Arctic Circle. It doesn't feel like it does. And that's that's how I approach facts. Um, I also mentioned about the idea a lot of people have that Britain is institutionally right wing when in fact it's institutionally very left wing. You know, we've got a national health service. We've got a national broadcaster. Um, David rattles off a number of other um, big institutions in the UK, which are mainly in uh, the public sector. So there'll be police, firefighters, armed forces, social services, HMRC, councils, DWP, and prison service. I mean, I guess there's all fairly solid reasons why those aren't in uh, private hands. Social services, yeah, I mean, I guess... I mean, firefighters is a tricky one, isn't it? Because you don't really, when you want to call, call in a, uh, uh, the fire service out, you don't really want to have to quote your... find your fucking unique reference number, do you? There's a fire, my house is burning down. Yes, if I could, just before we dispatch a fire in, could I just take your... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's Q... You, sorry, Q for quirt. Is that the, I don't even know the, U for understanding. I don't know the phonetic, I forget it. Forget it, the fucking house is gone. So thank you for that additional info from David Domain. And obviously those two, uh, for the patrons, the patron only episode is still there. And for everybody, check out the episode with Romish, uh, his story about <laughs> catching some, not catching, but um, seeing someone's nana uh, on the bog was, well, it's worth the entrance fee alone. Uh, we've got new patrons. We've got VIP Leslie Perry. Uh, Leslie, I think, is somebody, again, who Patreon have kicked out, who has re-signed up. But Leslie Perry. Leslie, I mean, it's hard not to think of. Who's that? Who's, oh, I know David Domain will help me out with this, but who is that actor that's a bit of a sleaze bag? Leslie, Leslie Phillips? Leslie, Leslie Perry. The two Leslies. I bet they had a show in the 1950s that's just been cancelled. And uh, they'll, they'll never even show it in a, in a kind of, uh, these are the most politically incorrect clips from the 50s. I don't think there has been that programme. I'd like I'd like to see that. Yeah, Leslie Perry and Leslie Phillips. The two Leslies, just like a really creepy show. You know, like a Centrinians. Remember the old black and white Centrinians where they had those those women that were just like really sexy, but like clearly in their early 30s, just sitting around wearing school care outfits. It's so fucking wrong. And who was it? Arthur Daly, was it George Cole? Was that his name? Playing the sort of seedy guy that would hang around the sixth form common room. I mean that—that that, I mean that's what the two Leslies was like, but but worse. I reckon. I reckon there was like they would just pinch someone, some woman's ass, and there'd be a sound effect. <laughs> one of those ones. Ah, oh, they did have funnier sound effects back in the sixties. All right, let's do a thank you and a fuck you. 
the thank you goes to dogs. Just having dogs. I think over the Christmas period, you know, they're a real, particularly for blokes, they're a great reason to get up, get yourself dressed, get out of the house. Because some of these people, you know, these people over Christmas that go, I just, <laughs> I keep my PJs on till about midday. You know, I just start the day with a quality street and a Bailey's. And uh, I just want to go a slow pace. No, fuck you, loser. Get up, get showered, and get dressed. Yes, there'll be time for that stuff later, but you start your day properly. I don't know what I don't know why I'm like this. I've become more like, more like my dad, but I, I I I can't you know, and also another thing before I get into the dogs thing over Christmas is people that seem to want credit for that weird little unique thing that their family does. We've all got those, right? But like they'll just be like <laughs> the people that don't have turkey, for example. You know, I'm not talking about the veggies or or, the, or worse still the vegans, but the people that don't have turkey and seem to want some sort of credit for being off the grid, like they're, they're society's great rap mavericks and reformers. Now we just said, we just, you know, we don't have turkey. What we have is we have a crown of beef and um, we have a gammon. We just said, we just said, look, no one like, no one likes turkey. That's the fucking point. All right. It's like some of the, it's some like some of the conventions or the protocols around weddings. We know that they're woefully outdated and they don't make sense, but it's part of an overall adherence to, to tradition that is reassuring. So get yourself a fucking turkey and stop showing off. Uh, and the fuck you um, is to films with a left-wing message that are shamelessly crowbarred in. Obviously, we've had a lot of that recently. Not just films, but, you know, there was that episode, uh, that series of Doctor Who where every time every time you turn it on, you're going, remember when this used to be a family sci-fi entertainment programme? And then you're going, oh, Doctor, I'm suffering from white guilt. Quickly, let's go back to the Rosa Parks bus in. Well, what? And, um... I saw this Christmas film this year called This Christmas. I think it was called This Christmas. And I have to say, it was pretty good. It was a Sky original, really good cast, well-written. It felt like a genuine Christmas film. I went away feeling a bit warm and fuzzy. But there was one bit in it where they're on the train and uh, the kid is going to get fined for having the wrong ticket. And then somebody mentions the price of a standard, like, peak return. It's about 52 quid. And um, out of nowhere... The ticket inspector goes, well, that's because of Thatcher, the milk snatcher. She privatised the trains. Otherwise, it would have been about 20 quid. But mm, that's the Tories or something along those lines. And I thought, you know, this is where you're having the Scottish phrase available to you. Get the fuck. Get the fuck. How, how, I'm in the middle of this film, right? I'm getting all the fucking warm. I got My, my blood has become like 40% eggnog. I'm really feeling it. And then it just drags me out. And it's not just because it's a political message that's inconvenient to me. It's because it was completely unnatural and it came out of nowhere. And that's supposed to be the thing is about good storytelling, which is show, don't tell. So if, they, if you want to just d- demonstrate that point, don't just literally take what your point of view is and just write it into the mouth of a character, because it reminds me that this is all fucking made up. And not only that, that it's, it's pretty corny, right? But I was willing to go with it. So I think that, you know, this year, I mean, maybe this is a slightly uh, a prediction in, its, in itself, but maybe is the year that films in particular sort of wonder about, you know, that thing about go woke, go broke. I don't think that's 100% true, but there's some truth in it. And you think, what was the biggest movie of the year? Top Gun Maverick by a million miles, right? Was it particularly woke? Not really. I mean, was it more diverse? Yes. And it needed to be. And that, that makes sense being was it, 30 or 40 years on, it had, uh, you know, a, 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 class, a cast that was more diverse in a way that represents the way society's gone, not the way maybe an advert for fucking DFS has gone. But you go, yeah, that's just right. You know, you can't just be all dudes and all, all fucking one colour, right? That would be weird in this day and age. Um, but 
they, they didn't try to crowbar in anything else, you know? They didn't just suddenly say, quick, Mav, get in your F-16, which is run on biofuel, you know? Or we, we're, we're, launching a, we're launching a strike on a hostile regime, which is hostile to trans. <laughs> they didn't just suddenly try and get some of that shit in there. It was about, you know, it's, it was a movie. That's what we want. We want movies to be... I mean, this is the point, isn't it? Is that entertainment like that, whether it be a Christmas film or an action film, is about escapism. And I can't escape if you are, one, showing me the puppet strings, i.e. by putting in such a clunky left-wing message, or dragging me back to some of the difficult issues um, that we face today, you know? So I think that I wonder if next year... We're going to see, well, I mean, I suppose these films are already in production, but we're going to see people just go, just make fucking good films, all right? Just entertain us. And if you want to get a social message in there, be a good enough writer to actually illustrate it rather than just have some ticket inspector going, well, she fucked the miners up the ass. Anyway, <laughs> that'll be £22. Oh, sorry, £50 because of Thatcher. What most people think. Okay, let's start off by uh, mopping up the predictions that I made for 2022. I'm going to keep this brief because, uh, well, it doesn't cover me with very much glory. Okay, so like I said, I, I wasn't, um, I didn't do that well. Let's let's just let's just rattle through these, all right? So, will Boris still be in power? This is a question I asked of myself, and I said yes. I said yes, but. With, with, I think a crucial caveat is so long as the Tories don't do any more mad shit. And I would say that they did more mad shit. Now, I can't really include Truss and Quarting in this because that came after Boris had resigned. So it's only legitimate to consider um, the things that made Boris resign. You know, and we had we had Partygate, we had further revelations. I guess that would count as, as mad shit. I guess the he was ambushed by a Christmas cake was fairly mad shit. I think... You know, appointing Chris Pincher, the the prime example of what is it? Nominative determinism. I mean, God, fucking hell, nominative determinism. That's a bit of nominative determinism, isn't it? Making it fucking complicated. If anything, it should be really clear cut. If it was to follow in the spirit of the word, anyway, that was a, that was a more in, that was a more complicated point than than I am clearly able to make at this point in the Christmas gooch. So yes, I was wrong on that, but I do think there's the caveat that the Tories did plenty more mad shits. The thing I was well, a million percent wrong on was I confident in I confidently predicted that there wouldn't be any more tax breaks uh, or tax rabbit out of the hat type things this year. And um, well, I mean, it was complete opposite, wasn't it? Once Truss and Quarting got in, they didn't just they didn't just pull a tax rabbit out of the hat. They were firing tax rabbits out of Quarty's knob at one point, weren't they? Just just it's like a golden. <laughs> It's like a golden shower of tax breaks. Just kick. I can't believe it's still going. That's right. Tax rate gone. What's that? Just name a tax gone. All right. I'm the tax. I'm the tax cutter. Yeah. Just uh, income tax. I've just got rid of income tax completely. And VAT. You know what I mean? Let the market decide. They went too far, didn't they? You know, in that thing when um when Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder about says when he went retard and he says never go full retard. Well. Quite <laughs> never go full free market, all right? Because the uh, the markets they fought back, so that was that was really wrong. Um, I was also asked, would Angela Rayner hold back from her coup? Now, what's interesting about this was at the turn of the year last year, you know, despite Partygate, Labour hadn't got massively in front uh, of the Tories, and there was still talk about Starmer. You know, if they were going to change leader, they needed to do it sooner rather than later. 
And, um, you know, here, here we are at the end of 2022, and his position seems fairly solid, Starmer. We forget that, you know, in the summer when he wasn't willing to come out and back the uh, strikers, and, and not only that, was a forbade um, shadow front benches from from uh, appearing on the picket lines. Because, of course, that's what, that's what they really want to do. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's with lefties, you know, where the Kwarty was chinking um, champagne with the hedge fund managers. The equivalent of that is the lefties, they want to be on a picket line, Right. That's absolutely prime content for their socials. Just showing hashtag solidarity. I mean, that's what they live for, isn't it, really? To be on a picket line and have a social media post that includes the words hashtag solidarity and, and some sort of fist, some sort of fist of power. Um, but no, you know, we, we end the year where Labour are significantly ahead in the polls. And that is obviously because of how inspiring Keir Starmer is and how fired up we all are by his agenda. I mean, it can't be anything. I mean, it's just obviously, congratulations to him. He's, he's done a great, he's done a great job this year. He's like, look, he's just got out there, and people are starting to see the real me. I'm a very charismatic bloke. I, <laughs> he's such a tedious guy. Oh my god, he's going to be prime minister, isn't he? I mean, I know there's a lot of people that go, well, Jeff, I, I think I'm ready for boring yet. Not that boring though. What else did I say? I said, uh, oh God, I said inflation would fall back. I didn't know there was going to be a war. I didn't know there was going to be a war, nor did anybody. Despite the fact that, you know, as we began the year, certainly by February, there were a quarter of a million troops. Was it Russian troops on the Ukrainian border? I mean, if you look back, you think that was a fairly big fucking hint, wasn't it? It was a fairly big hint, but we were going, don't worry, it's just classic Vladimir, okay? It's sabre rattling. He'll just want some concession on OPEC or oil production. And he said, what's that? He's invade. Oh, right. Oh, well, look, he's only going to invade the... What's that? Missiles in the west of Ukraine. Okay, this is, uh, this is bigger than we thought. <laughs> you know, when he invaded Crimea, we were just like, I don't know where that is. But... You know, we didn't. I didn't even know that was part of Ukraine. I actually thought that was part of Russia, to be honest. We just thought, you know, Vlad. He, every once in a while, he needs a win. Guys like that, they need a win. Um, so, yeah, spectacularly wider the mark uh, on inflation. Let's see what other ones I did. Uh, oh, one big win, I said. I said, looking ahead, because obviously we knew the government, the energy price cap would be coming off. I speculated the government would just give people money, right? Now, you could say that that wasn't the boldest prediction. There are a lot of people who were speculating around that area. But I even got the sum right for the first payment. I said it would be something around 200 to 400 quid. And it was, I think. And then there was another one for 600. And I think eventually those kind of, what was it, cost of living payments or hardship payments or who wants some free fucking money? <laughs> no, it was. You know, there's 12 million people that were, so there's people out of work, pensioners, you know, people on universal. There was, there was a whole kind of cohort that went into that. What's interesting is that I don't think the Tories have capitalised on this. And Labour, of all the things that Labour must be laughing their bollocks off about, right? So there's the, the self-destructive element of what the Tories did in 2022. And then there's the fact that, you know, they paid furlough at a rate that surprised people. It was a lot more than people thought. Um, they sort of structured its reduction in a way that didn't seem to impinge upon the job market, which I think was a big win. And um, and then, you know, for this, they put a grand in people's accounts. Now, you can always argue it should be more. And the left, that's mainly what the, the left. So what is that thing that they often say, uh, a shadow budget response, if the budget they think was quite good? Look, it's a good start, but it doesn't go far enough. <laughs> They're like, brackets for, fuck, I didn't think they were going to do that. And, you know, like, it, it also, you know, the Tories are a bit embarrassed about just giving away that much money. It's a sort of dirty little secret, isn't it? It's kind of, they're not proud. It's like finding out Jacob Rees-Mogg 
had a direct debit set up to the Trussell Trust. <laughs> that'd be the most damaging. That'd be the most damaging scandal that could envelop Jacobs Rees Mogg, isn't it? Rees Mogg secretly gives money to the. <laughs> I'm sure he does do charity work in his spare time, but uh, imagine if it was like a really left-wing organisation. Um, but, you know, in the same way that Labour, you know, like Labour get held to a different standard on getting their sums wrong. You know, it's just, it's not on brand for the toys. But I think one of the things that, you know, they'll look back on is how the hell did we not get the fact that we essentially paid people's wages and, and put money in, into people's bank accounts? How did we not get more, uh, you know, capital out of that? Uh, another prediction was people becoming more dis- disillusioned with mainstream politics, right? So if you look at that, I, I just felt that, you know, just generally there would be a little bit of a plague on both your houses. So obviously the Labour polling is high, but if you look at the don't knows, the don't knows are very high at the moment. <clears throat> and and of the 2019 uh, people that voted Conservative, Labour haven't won back a huge amount of those. I think it's about 14%. But... There's a lot, you know, you probably don't don't know, doesn't seem to cover for me what I think is my people's most likely emotional state as they answer that question. It's not don't know, it's don't care, won't engage, fuck them all. I mean, if you actually put, <laughs> if YouGov put that as a category, that would immediately become the most popular polling category, wouldn't it? There's a latest poll from YouGov, 45% Labour, uh, 29% Conservative, Something for the Lib Dems, and everyone else said fuck them all. Fuck them all. That is, that's the news here. Or as it was Tom Bradbury would say, Tom Brad. People seem to respond. I didn't realise that that observation about Tom Bradbury would land with people. You know, Tom doing the news. Oh, hello. It's the news. You know about polling? Well, there's a new category, and yeah. It's a little bit on the fresh side, but we'll get to that later. First up, Ukraine. I don't really want to talk about it. My favourite thing is saying that you should essentially not vote for the Tories again. There's still a war. Anyway, the Tories have done a thing. The other thing I said, and again, not the boldest prediction in the world, but it was correct, was about the real impact of COVID lockdowns becoming unignorable, right? we've seen this year for everything from excess deaths i mean i just wonder with the excess deaths that we're having at the moment when you think the scrutiny that was put on them at the height of lockdowns how fucking high would they need to be for mainstream media to go "Mm, i mean is there like a comparative tally i don't know somebody let me know what most people think uk at gmail.com but is there a kind of like people died from covid and people have died since for reasons undisclosed is there a bar graph is the one on the right catching up with the one on the left? I don't know. It might at some point. And at some point, at some point, the likes of Tom Bradby would have to acknowledge it. Hmm. That, that's, that, that would be how he'd start that news report, wouldn't it? Hmm. It appears we might have got some stuff wrong. And some of the people that we said, you just want to kill your grandma, maybe at a point. Anyway, here's another reason you shouldn't vote for the Tories. Um, and yeah, all of the, if you look at the pressure that he's put on the NHS, the hyperinflation that it caused, the fact we've got fucking illiteracy at runaway levels among kids, mental health problems. I mean, I was one of those people that, yeah, I sort of went along with the lockdowns. I had grave reservations. I felt that they were both, the major lockdowns were too long and too strict, right? The one in the November of 2020 is fucking pointless. And, you know, I just felt that the terms of them and, and how long they went on for at the time were wrong. But I could see that the numbers were scary and I sort of understood why, with the rest of the Western world doing it, why we'd been bounced into it. You know, the fact that we got close again with Omicron, 
I mean, that just gives me the fucking chills that in December of last year, they were at it again, weren't they? The, I mean, like senior, senior people and, you know, certain elements of the media, because we don't currently have any ability to reckon with the difficult decision in the short term, we, you know, versus what's good in the medium to long term. It's just do, do the simple thing, right? Give nurses 20%. Have another lockdown. Well, what feels easiest to do now is often the thing that gets the most coverage in the press and we got damn close to another lockdown for omicron fuck you know god knows what that would have done that it wouldn't have just been a litter of kids you know what i mean just been a whole generation of kids with a weird and very specific covid twitch <laughs> cricket and one final point is that it's been pointed out and not without sort of justification that i have been i didn't give enough credit to the england cricket team um who came back uh, there's a TMS podcast, Test Match Special, that sort of looks back over the year. And if you think how... Even, I think it was still into February, wasn't it, where we were touring in the West Indies? Uh, and it was dismal. We lost the Ashes. We lost in uh, West Indies. And um, Joe, Joe Root said he wanted to fight on. And there was an amazing quote from, from Ashley Giles, right, who said, um, by the way, if you don't give a shit about cricket, this will be over in like a minute and 30 seconds. So just sort of scan forward. Who said that, look, you can change the captain you can change the coach then the selectors but nothing will change right <laughs> and then suddenly they changed all those things and everything changed what a year we had what a year i mean baseball just fucking england players just going out smacking it twatting it to all parts of, of the ground setting breaking records and then going to pakistan and winning three nil it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous there's one part of me that's like can we just play the aussies right now can we just invoke it is there not some sort of uh sort of clause that we could demand that they just come over now, even if it's fucking cold. Colder the better, you know, <laughs> and play them now. So, yeah, I think Ben Stokes. I can understand why a Lioness won Sports Personality of the Year, but if you think about the process of turning a ship around, I don't think anybody uh, has done it better than uh, Ben Stokes. And I know that they're saying, you know, this this psychological mind shift where they're going, yeah, we don't even care about the draw. We're not in it to draw. I do wonder when it comes to the Ashes, you know, first test, we're nine down with about eight overs left. I think they might give a shit about the draw then. Okay, quick hype here. Uh, I think we have another returning Patreon here. Uh, Lindsay Curry. Lindsay Curry, I think I'm about to say the obvious joke and the joke that I might have said when you signed up before is, is your husband named Bill Rice? Because then you'd be Rice and Curry. Curry. I mean, I can't not do that joke. It's the festive period. I'm in a bit of a dad gag rut. Just, just cut me some fucking slack. Um, as regards the work in progress shows, so the work in progress run is largely sold out. So this is just 14 dates that I'm doing in the spring of next year. And I am fucking playing for time here while I call those up so those dates are in spring of next year and the following are sold out Kingston Guildford Sudbury uh Reading uh I think Manchester Heat and Sports Club Wolverhampton are all sold out there are a handful of tickets left at the Oldham date there are a decent number of tickets left at Dorking a few tickets left for Darwin in Lancashire uh, quite a small number of tickets left in Aylesbury, Selby, Otley and Berry. So those are all down to a handful of tickets. But like I say, if those aren't that close to you or the one you want sold out, don't worry. I mean, you're not like you're going to worry about it, are you? Going, What's wrong, dear? Oh, nothing. You're going to talk to me. I, I hate it when you clam up. Well, it's just the Jeff Norcott tickets for his work in progress date. I mean, I just, they came out, took me by surprise and I wasn't ready. And I, I know that he's got a... Um, 
uh, a main UK tour that will be announced at the end of January. But um, I just just haven't been sleeping, babe. <laughs> no one's worried on that level. But like I say, I don't have adverts on this show. What you just heard there, that was not an advert. All right, let's go on and do some predictions for 2023. So what are we going to start with? We're going to start with the politics. So where do I see it going? I want to be a bit more general this year. I haven't had my fingers burned from 2022. I can't see Labour regularly getting beyond an average of 20 points uh, in the polls. You know, I, I think if they didn't do that under the trust of fuck, when, when would they do it? You know, the things that have helped keep Labour artificially high in the polls might recede a little bit. Uh, inflation, you know. I mean, it's, they're still going to be around at the beginning of the year. And I think people will be coming off mortgages, you know, that, that problem, you know what England's like. If anything moves people like politically quickly, it'll be finishing a five-year fixed. I mean, people won't, people won't think, oh, was it a bit weird that I was on 1.2% and now I'm on 4.5%? You know, people won't think that the 1.2% was the, the, the sort of historic exception in terms of how mortgages are priced, right? You know, that even, you know, over the last 50 years, 4.2% isn't. But, you know, people will, people will be angry, right? And when, that, when people are economically angry, that's when governments get voted out. Um, but, yeah, I think there'll be a sort of stalemate. Uh, you know, in the first, first year of the First World War, it looked like, you know, things would be moving. Then there was a quite a few years. I mean, this is, this is why you should listen to official history podcasts. But it just, you know, dug in, like, trenches, lines are, are drawn. I think that with the likes of uh, Hunt and Sunak, uh, in charge, I think it will just be about you know steadying the brand. Now there might be some kind of uh, skeletons in the closet that come out for the, from the Tories' point of view, but uh, but in terms of the way Sunak and Hunt will will govern the party, I think it'll all be about making sure they don't slip further and then slowly rebuilding their reputation for economic competence. And you know you know there'll probably be uh, a re- there'll probably be a recession in the period we're in now. You know, which might carry on actually into the first quarter of next year. But the way that recessions are calibrated, ultimately they do. You know, if you lose enough GDP at some point, you know, you'll just have a quarter where it improves. And inflation, if inflation changes, you know, it might be that our economy is in a much worse position by that point. But you can't ignore the good news when it happens. Although, you know, guess who will? Tom Bradby. You know, inflation has gone down a bit, but. Where are we really? I feel poorer. Do you? Anyway, let's do some news. And Starmer, he he will just tread water, I think. You know, he's got his lead. And I think Labour Party will in 2023. It's difficult for them, isn't it? Because they've they've essentially got a 3-0 lead. And if we factor in the fact that the election isn't due until the early... Well, it's not realistically going to happen until spring 2024, right? So Labour are like, they've got their 3-0 lead. If you think it's three and a half years out of five. Into, so they're sort of 3-0 up with 65 minutes gone. Now, you know that you can lose a 3-0 lead from there, but it doesn't happen very often. So Labour are going to be down in the corner flags. It'll be that it's like a bizarre sight of, of a whole football team just trying to play out for time down in the corner flag. You go, there, lads, there is... There is thirty. There is twenty five minutes left. The oppo look. We could get a fourth, but Labour like, no, 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 no. Let's just play it out. Let's just play it out. A bit of play acting, a bit of shit housery. <laughs> but I think that Alkia. I think he, when it comes to campaigning, he's going to struggle to enthuse people. Luckily for him, he's against Rishi, so it'll almost be like a donkey derby of uncharismatic, boring men. But if he's got any sense, he'll allow the people with a bit more personality in his party, like Angela Rayner and West Street, to come to the fore more. Um, but equally, he doesn't want either of them to become leader. So it's fucking tricky, isn't it? 
So what's going to happen with the strikes? Well, you know, I think the for the RMT, the strike over Christmas has harmed public opinion a bit, you know. And I did mention that old Mick Lynch might be losing the room a bit. And it does seem like he's started turning people off generally. Uh, not not totally, but but more people. And it, it'll always be popular on social media, isn't it? Because he's, he's sort of owning or bodying the Tories. But I think that, you know... You, Normal people will base it on a human instinct response. And, and certainly in his interviews, you've seen him move from somebody with a refreshingly honest take on things to somebody who, who is starting to like the intention, uh, attention a bit. And I think with the RMT, you know, people always say that, well, this is about paying conditions. But surprise, surprise, most strikes are resolved by increased pay. You know, oh, yeah, they fuck the conditions. That, is, that seems to be the way that they, they come out. The last ballot for the RMT... Strike action was 64%, right? There'll be another offer probably early in the new year. And it would just become a problem, isn't it? Because it's a balancing act for the union. You know, there's a volume of strikes where your members are starting to lose serious money and some of them don't want to strike. They see public opinion turning against them. So I think that, you know, by spring, maybe there'll be a a deal there. Uh, The nurses are a bit different, you know, with the public firmly on their side. As I said before, it's because they're either kind or sexy. That is all nurses are. I won't hear it otherwise. Uh, One argument. I've never heard made, right? This is the, the difficulty. The government, there's certain things they want to say, but no government can say. And, and and in the UK, in the public sector, we obviously have had, you know, during austerity, in the public sector, there were, there were very low percentage, you know, annual inflation-based rises of, you know, 1%, very low for the, for the last 12 years, on average, right? Um, but there's also a pay scale. You know, most public sector jobs have a pay scale, you know, nurses, teachers. When you join that, you know, you start on level one or whatever, and then, you know, you move through it, there are threshold payments. I certainly know that in teaching, that you know, once upon a time, you would move through the levels as you acquired those competencies. But then eventually it just became each year, you got essentially a 1500 quid pay increase plus whatever the, the inflation uh, pay increase was. But no, no government I've known, both, both Labour or the Tories, have, have ever had the balls to make this argument, to say, look, it's not like that's the only pay increase they're getting. There's a, because if you think about pay, pay, if going in and asking your boss for a pay rise in normal jobs, it's not a standard end of the year thing, is it? You know, you sort of, it's still quite old fashioned and you have to go, um, I'm a bit poorer now and I, I don't know if you've noticed, but since I had the last pay rise, I have got four kids and uh, I, have, I don't know if you noticed, but I've started turning up to work in smelly clothes. So it kind of needs some more money. You know, the private sector doesn't really have that. It has to be negotiated, maybe around your appraisal, it might be time to bring it up, but it's certainly not formalised in the same way it is in the public sector. So I think it would be, Interesting, you know, if the government had the balls to come out and make this point. But of course, you know, there's there's no there's no fucking bandwidth for this at the moment. If the government to say, well, you know, nurses do of course get, you know, most years, certainly in their early career, most nurses will get a uh, you know pay rise through the pay scale. What? Sorry, are you demonising nurses again? No, no, no. I'm just saying that the public seem to think it's only the the sort of overall agreement, but individually, people, are you saying that nurses are Nazis? Is that what you're saying? And, you know, the other question you've got to ask is, uh, right, are nurses paid enough? Of course, the answer to that is, is always no. It's a fucking hard job, right? And it is, what is the median pay is in the UK is around £33,000, £36,000 a year. Um, that is in line, it seems, with Germany and France. You know, these health sectors that we, we look at and we, we celebrate, you know, and I don't know what the pension situation is in Germany or France, but in the UK, it's not horrific. And then you look at, you know, you compare it internationally, certainly with the sort of Australia and Canada, and it doesn't compare very well. But then you go, well, why is that? And the US, why is that? Oh, have they got private healthcare sectors and their nurses get paid more? Yeah, they do. So I think that there are 
there are difficult discussions to be had. I think that the government are kind of... The problem is the government is seen as being such Grinches, such Scrooges at the moment. If they were to come out and say something sensible, like the pay scale thing, they would be absolutely fucking destroyed in the left-wing press. So are they going to get their 19%? Uh, you know, probably not. But I think it'll be high. I think it'll be getting close to double digits. I think it'd be hard for them to refuse anything that was in the ballpark. I thought if I was uh, if I was the government, I'd go in with a cheeky nine point two five, nine point two five, and then and then they reject that, come back nine point five, and then I just go through the thing, and then finally ten, right? Ten. It's all I can't do any better than ten. Can't do any better than ten. Um, the other issue that they're up against, right? All the striking sectors, and I think this is a point worth making, is that we do have other options more so than we used to we, we're able to adapt our behavior a lot better now right a lot of people people on very mediums level incomes will go and get a private doctor's appointment right if it's a if it's a low level operation people either have private health care or they might just go right that's what's that 1500 quid for carpal tunnel i mean not that i did well you know um don't think all right, I'll, I'll do that because i'm, I'm not going to get it done otherwise right so people can take other options when it comes to the healthcare system you know when it comes to trains there's working from home. Some people love a bit of working from home, don't they? Some people never really got out of their fucking tracksuit bottoms since COVID. But And then, you know, when it comes to Royal Mail, there's DPD, there's, there's Amazon, a lot of stuff you order does, doesn't come through Royal Mail. So we're in a world where this is one of the reasons why this doesn't feel like the winter of discontent, does it? Because we are able to do different things. So I, I, I do think that the government, this well, this is crediting the government. I don't think this government are smart enough to even say what I just fucking said now. They've probably gone through some playbook. They've opened Thatcher's dusty old playbook. <laughs> Why did that sound like a euphemism for something sexual? I'm sorry. <laughs> Thatcher's dusty old playbook. Oh, dear. Okay, I put out the call to my VIP patrons to ask questions for me to do some quick predictions here. So let's see if we can get through as many as we can in the next few minutes. Uh, this is from David Smith. Following on from H from Steps going on a block fest. Um, by the way, I was blocked by H from Steps, which for me, a lot of, you know, a couple of people said you've lost your edges this year, Norcott. I'm like, yeah, got blocked by H from Steps, yeah? Fucking deal with it. I'm dangerous. Uh, which minor celebrity that we had all forgotten about will have the biggest... Twitter, social media meltdown of 2023. Um, I think it'd be Keith Harris. <laughs> no, it'd be Orville. Orville will go on late. He'll go on late. He'll, he'll do an Instagram live and it'll clearly be, is Keith Harris dead? Apologies, apologies if he is. But he goes on. Oh, I fucking better check if Keith Harris is dead. Okay, so Keith Harris is in fact dead. Uh, I'd like to apologise for that and um, thoughts and prayers with the Harris family. Uh, okay, moving on. One thing I would say is culturally... Um, I do, I do think that we, when you look at the cancel culture sort of direction of travel last year, Jimmy Carr, Dave Chappelle, Ricky Gervais, you know, there was a sort of change in direction, whereas I think that's simply broadcasters going, uh, you know, the people that people want to watch, if we keep cancelling them, how can we make other people famous enough in time that the same number of people will want to watch them, particularly now that everyone's doing their own thing on social media? So I don't know if it's people have actually got their heads around cancel culture or just underlying business motives have come in, but they've sort of thought we've got to back these fuckers. <laughs> Netflix are going, oh shit, Dave, look, obviously we'd never impinge upon your free speech, but could you just 
Could you just, I don't know why the guy's speaking like a salesman from the 80s, but Chappelle, Dave, DC, could you please just do a special without mentioning the transes, please? Could you not mention the transes for one? I know that you're very exercised about Dave. We get a lot of fucking shit, mate. Well, you know, just please do a special. Talk about men and women. Something like that. This is from Russ Palmer. Who? What will be the next panic crisis uh, sort of unnecessarily fueled by the mainstream media and tabloids that won't come to fruition. Petrol, e.g. petrol, turkeys, pasta, bog rolls. I mean, yeah. Remember the HTV? What what the fuck happened there? Evidently that got sorted, right? But no one one says, no one one sort of says, well, well done to the people that sorted that out because that was a huge problem. Remember the fuel shortage? Everyone freaking out. Main problem is called by people that don't drive anywhere going out and putting fucking four quid of petrol in their car but still slagging off people on the news when they saw that other people were doing the same thing they were. Um, just a, a, the general point about nothing works in Britain, there was a poll that YouGov did to saying, do you feel that nothing works in Britain anymore? And it was 57% felt that. I get that sentiment. Nothing works here anymore. You go, obviously it fucking does. Of course it does. I understand the feeling, but I was in a queue, and this was on Christmas Eve on the way home, and uh, there was a very big queue for a petrol station because it wasn't just people paying for petrol it was people, you know, getting the last minute Baileys or whatever. And uh, this guy turned around and looked at me and went, just nothing works anymore, does it? I was like, um, I think that this was always a thing, mate. I think people have got such short memories. There's definitely a danger of conflating things that suddenly don't work with things that have never fucking worked. Um, my friend Natalie, a Patreon, VIP Patreon, she's basically saying that there'll be, she believes there'll be another pandemic and it'll be it'll be worse than the ones before she's talking boils and fast zombies fast zombies oh shit they're not allowed isn't that an oxymoron zombies aren't allowed to be fast but basically she says given what painful lesson from the past three years will you be able to apply to your next lockdown well one is to is that to not agree with it at all um secondly is that to protest about it because one thing i've learned from lockdowns is it's a way of having a social life isn't it to be a protester because you know we have to have the right to all right i'm a fucking protester what is it about lockdowns? I'm anti. I'm anti lockdowns. But Jeff, you were just the other week. You was a pro lockdown thing. Oh, well, that's how I felt then. Jeff, we're getting the impression that you're using protesting as a way of getting out of the house. Well, fuck you, hey? Can't a man change his mind three times in a month? Uh, just finally in this section, there's one from Dave Lakeland that says, Mystic Jeff, will my New Zealand visa come through in time for me to start my job on the first of March in Auckland? No. Okay, that's a bit that's a bit negative. I suppose I should be a bit more upbeat. Yes, it will, but only if you ordered it through Amazon rather than Royal Mail. Okay, just as a special little festive treat, we're gonna have a special guest on the show, which is my son. And if you're one of those really cynical blokes, oh, this soppy stuff, this will be the point for you to tap out. And I hope you have a good New Year for the for the rest of you that are up for uh, something a little bit on the corny side, but. But good natured in spirit, then I hope you enjoy. Uh, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to say his full name, but let's just call him Master Norcott. Are you allowed to say that anymore? Ooh. Okay, I think my son has been on the podcast before, but here he is making another <laughs> appearance. <laughs> Gone a bit shy. Did you have a good Christmas? Very. Yeah. What was your best present? Sonic Frontiers. Sonic Frontiers, PlayStation oh, game, right? Yeah. Cool. Well, I just brought you on the podcast because we're doing um, this one's called Mystic Jeff. Okay. But you never get, you don't get to call me that, do you? What's my name? Daddy. <laughs> I mean, I really do want to call you 
Jeff. Okay, you can you can for now. Go on, Jeff. try it. Jeff. All right, mate. All right, Jeff. <laughs> okay, so we're going to answer a couple of questions. Come back because okay. you need the microphone to be able to hear. Okay. Okay, this is a question from one of my patrons, and these are the people that help fund the podcast. Okay. So say hello to the patrons. Hello, patrons. Uh, right, it's a question from Stuart. Will Boris be back in 2023 next year? Now, do you know who I mean by Boris? Yeah, Boris Johnson. Okay, and do you think he'll come back or do you think he'll stay Probably away? Probably not. Yeah. Because he's, he's already retired, mm. so he's probably not going to think, I know, I'll be the president again, because it would just be a dumb idea. Being it, <laughs> not being it for a little bit, yeah. then being it again. Never go back. Yeah, just... Unless you, unless you really, really, really want to, of course. But then, but the, but the, but the public would need to want him to as well, wouldn't they? Yeah. I think I think that's a very good point. Uh, and then there's another question. This is from Ian Gibson. Uh, what do you think the word of the year will be in 2023? What do you think will be the most popular, cool, trendy word? Sue. 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 Oh, is that like a new Sue. thing? So just just for the you, listener. You just like. You just go on skateboard and then you win a race and then how do you do it? You go Sue. Sue. So it's like you're so you're dabbing as you do that. So yeah. Sue, Sue just so because my listeners are a bit, you know, they're old like me. They thinking Sue is like a lady's name, but it's not. It's a new word like Sue, like I did something good. When you just ride a skateboard mm-hmm. and then when you do the finish line, when you dab, yeah. then the best noise to make to make it a Sue dab yeah. is so, so there you go so we're ahead of the trend here listeners and just finally of course we uh, we're very grateful to everyone that listens to what most people think right yeah. and of course especially the patrons what message have you got for them for next year what happy new year message have you got we, I wish you a happy new year I wish you all have a good rest of Christmas mm-hmm. and I just I just wish you to have a happy life Oh, what a lovely thought! And do you think do you think the the world is going to have a better year next year than this year? Hopefully, very much. Hopefully. What things do you say? What are you hoping hoping not to see next year? Fighting. Mm-hmm. World, well, like the Ukraine versus Russia. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping they're going to soon resolve that because <laughs> yes, despite me being a kid, I still don't like that. It's bad. War is bad. War? What is it good for? Nothing. (laughs) That's brilliant. All right, listen, thanks very much to everybody that's listened to this year. I really appreciate it. As ever, I always say this, doing the podcast, one of the best things that I do in comedy. And I will be with you again in the first week of 2023 with a brand new episode. (laughs) 